0: Welcome to Spruce Grove Community Church. As you're making your way in, let's begin to prepare our hearts for what God wants to do in this service. So why don't we stand to our feet this morning? Well, Lord, we just invite your Holy Spirit to guide us, to lead us, to walk us through today. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you would come and minister to each one that walks into this building today. But as we go into worship, we choose to put our full attention on you, Father. We choose to say yes and amen to you. So let's put our focus on him now. Let's honor the Lord and worship. We're going to go back into pour out my heart. And I want us just to listen to the Holy Spirit. And then I want, as the Lord leads, some of you to come and pray. Why is he so wonderful? We want to declare why he's so wonderful. So let's just take another minute here and go back into this song and prepare our hearts to come and release. Why is so wonderful?
1: Who is it that travels back and forth from the heavenly realm to the earth? Who controls the Ruach as it blows and holds it in his fists? Who tucks the rain into the cloak of his clouds? Who stretches out the skyline from one vista to the other? What is his name? And what is the name of his son? Who can tell me? Oh, Jesus, Jesus, you are wonderful. Thank you, oh God. Thank you for letting us dwell in the power of your spirit, in the presence of your love from one vista to another in the earthly and in the heavenly to come. Oh God, thank you. You are wonderful. You are wonderful. You are wonderful. Ah.
2: I don't even know where to start with this. Because it's like a three year journey of like what I've been going through the last three years. But God's been showing, like, walking me through my shame and I know he hasn't let me go even when I felt like a loser even when I felt like a failure you held on to me God you never let me go. You are wonderful, God. You are wonderful, God. Not just the things you do to me, just who you are as God is wonderful. I remember talking to my counselor, and she was just like, could you just worship God to just because who God is? I'm like, yes. Just like if the Queen of England came into this room, would we not give her honor? Will we not show respect? But how much more to our God? How much more to the one we serve? Oh God, you are wonderful. I can't even put this into words, God. I can't put this into words, but God, you are wonderful. Oh God, you are wonderful.
3: Jesus, thank you for the cross. All my frailties, my fears. All those things, God, that try to push me down. Jesus, you bore them on the cross. I see you on the cross. And you look at us and say, I have it all. It's all up here with me on this cross. All your fears, all your shame. All your sin, all your sickness is here, up here with me on the cross. I took it all. Thank you for the cross. You are a wonderful Jesus. And you didn't stay on that cross, but you rose again. And you've given us new life. You've given me new life. Every morning there's new life. Every night when I go to bed, I can have new life. Thank you. Thank you. You are wonderful, Jesus. You are wonderful.
4: I want to agree with Michael and say that God is wonderful over his life and say that God loves him and say that God sees him and say that God knows him and say that God is building him and I extend that to others and I say that God is working in their lives. God is stirring in their lives. The God who has not seen or heard or... or felt or tasted in any way is not absent at all just because we don't see him with our five with our you know we don't experience him with our five senses he is absolutely present absolutely in charge absolutely moving absolutely himself specifically over Michael's life and others who feel the same way and we bless you God as the wonderful God today the Lord has been talking to me about the card game of rook. You know when you're playing and one one player is playing ridiculous cards and you're wondering why are they playing those cards right now? And then all of a sudden you realize they're playing themselves out of all the colors that don't matter and keeping all their trump cards. And all of a sudden they start laying trump cards and they take every single hand. It doesn't matter if there's a 14 of black, a 2 of yellow, Trump's of 14 of black. And in this hour, in this specific hour, when it looks like, why has God been playing those cards? I'll tell you what he's been doing. He's been playing himself out of every other color. And now he's got a handful of Trump cards. And he's ready to start laying Trump cards. He's ready to start doing that in this COVID season, he's ready to start doing that in your life. He's ready to start doing that in our, my life. And so we say, God, you are a wonderful God, wonderful in your strategy, wonderful in your wisdom, wonderful in your skill, wonderful in your
0: love. And we give ourselves to this wonderful God this morning. Derek came up to me a little earlier in the service, and one of the things he said was, God's people are the trump card. That as the body of Christ rises up, everything begins to shift. Everything begins to change. Amen? Amen. So I want us just for 30 seconds, let's stand to our feet. We're just going to declare those words, I pour out my heart. 30 seconds, a minute, whatever we do, can I ask you to pour out your heart? Pour your heart out to him.
5: So when Ben first started singing about Jesus saying, I'd loved you with an everlasting love, and you're wonderful, how many of you had something inside you go, nope, no way? Or then you rationalized it, and you said, well, what he's going to make eventually is wonderful. I'll have my hand up. I was saying that to myself, Okay. i come against that in the name of jesus there is no way when jesus created you he created something and he has been working but what he created was good satan may have warped it but that is not who my god is he doesn't create stuff that isn't good so he created you I don't care what the circumstances of your conception and birth were. He created
6: someone good, and he redeemed you, and you can walk in that. I just listened to something recently about Romans 8, about how creation is groaning, and we ourselves are groaning, and the Spirit is groaning, and even a little bit farther, Jesus is interceding and groaning that we would be revealed. Who we are as sons and daughters of the Most High God, who we are would be revealed. And I agree that Satan has warped that. The enemy has taken and torn down and wanting wanting to remove all that he has created us to be. But there's a groaning And a 24-7 intercession from Jesus and the Holy Spirit before the Father that you and I would know who we are in Christ. Beautiful, wonderful, valuable, glorious, because he chose us before the foundations of the world to be known and to be loved by him. So God, I just ask for that revelation light to shine in our hearts today.
0: I remember when I was a kid, I thought I knew everything and I had a lot of anger towards my parents because of how life sometimes went and now when I go to my parents I have such an appreciation for them I thank them so often for how they raised me for everything they did and I always say in the moment I just didn't see it I think we're going to have similar conversations with our God let me tell you this though He's good we have to believe that in our hearts. He is good. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Lord, for who you are. Father, just for this beautiful environment, your Holy Spirit is here in this place amongst all of us. We just yield to you, we yield to your heart, we yield to your will. And as a body right now, we declare that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen.
6: I'm vibrating with anticipation for this morning. Um, We were uh, kids church leaders back in the day when this young little buck came into our lives. I think it was when he was in grade five. And I believe that he introduced himself as Benjamin Robert Lotz. This is who I am. This is my name. And Ben, honestly, I was standing there, you know, in worship, worshiping the Lord, but also thinking of you because you've stayed the course. It's incredible that you have stayed here since this little... Well, you weren't that little anyway at that point in time. (laughs) Five, grade five. Now you're a leader, an elder in this body, in this church. And we honor you. This morning when I was uh, thinking about the fact that you were speaking, I was thinking about the fact that you were like a son in the house. But the Lord said to me, I want you to receive Ben as my son. Receive what he has to say as the son of the living God. And when I think about Jesus, the son of the living God, he said, I only do what I see the father doing, and I only say what I hear the father saying. And even this morning, that little tagline that you have, I hear the father saying, I just want to honor you, son of God and introduce our beloved speaker, Benjamin Robert Lotz. Woo!
7: Yeah! Start by crying. Awesome. Oh my gosh. (laughs) It's great. We'll just do that the whole time. So first and foremost, um... Last night at like 12 30, me and Jen are putting laundry away, which is very fun. And uh, I was thinking of how I love how God makes our lives because I can be Mr. Realtor, uh, you know, who's known within the industry. Or Mr. Worship Guy who's done worship things. And there's a lot of ways that you can be seen once God starts to elevate you. However, there I am at 1242 holding white hangers in one hand and black hangers in the other hand because they're color-coordinated like this. And she's taking the clothes and putting them on each. Now, to go with your 24-year issue... (laughs) there's already like five pieces of kids clothing hung up because we hang up our wet clothes because we're not Neanderthals (laughs) and so there's like five kids clothes that are all here and they're still kind of wet and Jenna really spaces out all the clothes but there's like 30 clothes to put up and it's 1242 and and I'm like, just push those clothes over. They'll dry. And she's like, no, they need to be spaced out. I'm like, I've seen them dry all together. Like you just, if you put them all, you come the next morning, they're dry. To which to which she pushes back, I've come the next morning and touched them and they're still damp. And literally in that moment, as I'm holding still, like I'm still holding like 30 hangers, I'm like, Then we will continue on this route. (laughs) Like, just like you said, Jen, like, it was like, you know what? I will talk to you in 10 more years. (laughs) We will continue this later. Even like in eternity. (laughs) They dry. They dry. Hang them up. Oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. I have some bad news. I have nothing worth listening to this morning. I tried very hard. No, I didn't try very hard. Uh, I I attempted to prepare, but the Lord inhibited every chance that I took <laughs> to try and prepare. And what He told me is, um, Ben, how do you prepare for worship? after all of these years. Um, And so that takes me back to a bunch of different ways Uh, in my younger years of worship, especially when Ken would go... uh, Oh, actually, I'm going to pull back for a second. Uh, I think for anybody watching or for anybody here, there's a lot of people that come and and you see this or maybe you see my real estate videos, which gives you a, a fairly accurate picture, kind of but not really because when I talk on a video, I go, hey, this is Ben Lotz here. Hope you do, right? Whereas me talking right now is a little more chill, so it's not quite accurate. But, and then because I did that, I just forgot what I was going to say. (laughs) Go, oh yes, thank you. So when Ken, Ken would go, Ben, you're going to lead. And let's say I'm like 17 or 18. Ben, you're going to lead. You're on. I remember I would go back in my bedroom the night before. And I'd have maybe a candle burning or something and, you know, worship music on in the background and just like, oh, Lord, fill me, fill me. And then I'd have like 80 songs go through my brain. Yes, Lord, you are preparing me. Write down each song. Oh, my gosh. And really over here, it's like you are so not going to fail. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Right? Like that's what's going on here. Oh, thank you, Lord, for not making me look stupid. Write down more songs. I have 30 songs to pick from if I, if I lose it, you know? And, and we come into these moments where it's, where it's our time to become something more. It's our time to step through a door. And God gives us the invitation. And, and in our human nature, we, I, do my best to embody and become <laughs> that glorious thing that's going to be showing up Sunday morning with the piano and with my candle and the things I've written and like and, and you're in the bedroom you're like, "Oh god, yes. Lord, you are so good and that song is so going to crush tomorrow morning. I feel it right now." And then this is a real story. I don't even know if Ken remembers this. And then Sunday morning happens with all of my preparation (laughs) and I start singing this song (laughs) in practice and there's six minutes before worship starts and this song just bombs, like just nobody can catch it. The band isn't with me and as you're singing, you have this horrible thing where you're like, you're coming in from like last night at 1.42 a.m. It's going gonna, it's gonna to just change everything. And you start from there. And then in about two minutes of practicing, you're like, oh, no. <laughs> this doesn't feel like me by myself last night. This is terrible. So you're watching everything unravel in front of you to the point that I think I just, I was right here. The piano used to be right here. I was 18. There was people. <laughs> the service was going to start in two minutes. And I literally just stopped <laughs> and stood there like this. Because everything that I had prepared, rightfully so, was going down in a ball of flames. And Ken is over here. <laughs> God bless his heart. And he looks at me and he goes, You okay, bud? You look like a whipped puppy. (laughs) Now you have to understand that comment comes from seven years of mentorship and relationship. So uh, it was accurate, (laughs) it was a true statement. And I remember at that point, uh, literally it was about two minutes before the service started and I was completely ruined, completely broken, truly a whipped puppy. And Heather and Rod came around me. Some people came around and just prayed and just said, Lord, come. Lord, come. Just, Just come and be with him. And what I love about the Lord is there's a spiritual thing happening, but guess what? You actually have to start in two minutes, and there's three hundred people here <laughs> and we started, and I started with nothing, like literally like well what song what songs do we have i don 't know, Flip
4: the book, uh, okay, sure,
7: <laughs> and you start my heart accepted whoever the heck I was in that moment I had no other choice but still had to continue it was beautiful and I think at the end of it Ken Ken came over to me and said you know what that is the most pure worship I've ever heard you do in your life and you're like well that sucked (laughs) however this is what it takes to be used by God. This is what it takes to have an authentic flow. We talk about the wind moving. To have the wind of God flow through you, not around you, is a broken vessel, a broken pot with holes in it so that the wind can actually flow through. So we show up and God loves us so much. Okay, so we show up with our greatest intention. We show up with with uh, everything that we can bring. God goes, all right, you're up. You know, he usually tells that through people. So we're like, okay. And we gather, we gather everything that we can in our immediate resources that we Put value into right. People say that I'm funny. Okay, I'm gonna be funny. People say that I'm tall. Okay, I'll stand up straight. Like whatever it is, right? People say that I'm like good at talking on the phone. Okay, like whatever things it is that we have that we think gives us value, we pull it all together, and then we're like, okay, God, I'm ready. And to me, and this is the only way I can say how I think I look in those moments, especially when I look at my life when God's like, I'm going to use you. And you're like, okay, God. I think we think we look like this. I know I thought I looked like this. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Right? Someone gives a prophetic word and you're like, yes, Lord. I have grabbed, I have pooled all of my resources for such a time as this. I have my speaking skills. God, I've prepared 30 songs for tomorrow and I've spent four hours with you till 2.40 in the morning with a candle. And now it's Sunday morning. Yes, Lord. And what I've learned, as God has done spectacular things in me and Jenna's life, God has done things in our life that if somebody asked me to say 10 years ago what we would have and where we would be, I actually couldn't even imagine where we're sitting right now and this is just the beginning, okay? So God has done spectacular things. And he's always spoken and given me words. Larry Randolph, right here, when I was nine years old, I ran in through that door and he looked at me and he goes, You are an entrepreneur. I'm like, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> but look what the Lord has done. But all these words, all these things, okay, God, you must be speaking to that to me because I have value and I can do it. Let's go, Lord. Now, when we actually show up, I want to show you how God actually sees you today until the end of your days. This is either, (laughs) he took the road less traveled, but he brought a helmet and a tiny shopping cart, and that made all the difference. Now, this is what's very funny about this. Uh, It was my birthday on March 16th and it was actually my mom who got me this card. And that's either very sweet or extremely offensive. (laughs) Mom? (laughs) Are you kidding me? I did sales for seven years, and I've led worship 500 times, a 1,000 times. I've done it in front of thousands of people, and and now in real estate. I'm like, are you kidding me, Mom? Do you know who I've become? And that's all to her I'm ever going to be. And it says on the inside, I love how you go through your life. Now, this isn't about me. (laughs) This is a picture. Like I've actually, honestly, it gives me so much joy to look at that (laughs) because it's true. (laughs) And everything that God has accomplished through my life so far, like I have to show up and do the work and I actually hate it. <laughs> but it's been so easy because I accept that that's me. I accept. Now, he's, there's been a whole journey because I actually authentically at 18 believed I was. Go ahead, Marie. Yeah. Just so we get the visual. No, that's still the new me. <laughs> Come on now, Technology. Ben Lotz, worship leader, salesman, pro-skateboarder, ginger. (laughs) I can do things. 18-year-old Ben. And through 18 years of Ken Bittner moments, of showing up believing I'm this and and the God is so good cuz he knows we think we have a briefcase and he actually delights like <laughs> go go ahead go back to the other one he actually delights that we show up and he's like oh you we'll get, don't worry we'll get there good thing you wore a helmet <laughs> cuz we're going to bump ya <laughs> Oh, But it's so true, actually. It's so true. And I have been bumped horrifically so many times, and it it adjusts you. Oh, Lord, thank you so, so, so much. Thank you so much. Just lean into the Lord with me here for a second. Mm, Thank you, Lord. Hmm. So this this has been unique for me to step into this speaking thing um, simply because and we do this in our own lives in many, many ways. We see the way it's done. It's our human nature to go, okay, I'm going to do this new thing. How do others do it? And why do we do that? So that I don't look stupid, which is great. And and that's fine. However, actually, I'm, I'm going to be I'm going to be a, a little bit candid here but to this, this is a more recent one of I don't want to look stupid because when, when when I'm 18 it's quite large and in your face. Right? You're like, no, no, no. Like <laughs> you're wrong. As I get older and older it's the same like that that desire to not look stupid at all costs plan, 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 prepare, prepare, prepare. It's still there, just in smaller ways. So I'm going to give a a little bit more of a newer candid example. So I've done worship here since I was 14, mentored by Ken since I was 11. I've been in this church since I was nine. That's 27 years. Uh Kenner took me under his wing when I was 11. So good. That's why it's such a joy here to worship with him. Like I've literally uh, walked with this man for 25 years. That's insane. And uh, what was I saying, Jenna? She wasn't listening. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Candid example. Yes. Okay. <laughs> no, it's not it doesn't involve you, Jenna. I already told I already told them all you're wrong about the laundry. So that's okay. So that that's right. That makes sense. So I've done worship here for a very long time. Being a part of worship for that long, you feel like you have a right to have things to say about the worship and about the direction of the worship, and being a part of worship every Wednesday, every Sunday, every Wednesday for 20 plus years, you see patterns, you notice patterns, you get to have a part of a say, thank you, in kind of how we can go. And this is this is a, a heart revealer here, okay? This was something that challenged me, I think it was maybe six months ago or a year ago, I don't know anymore, I'm just getting older, and it all feels like it was three years ago. And I was really frustrated with our worship. I was really, I felt we could be better. I felt we could be tighter. I felt we were just too loose. You know, and I'm the guy that's ready to go. Like, let's follow the Spirit. Let's do it. But as a band, like, we'd always go this, and then it would kind of, And then we'd eventually show up to somewhere that had definition and you're like great and I'd be like and so after a while I got tired of the black spot and I just do we have to go through this like this is like five months ago guys do we have to go through this right and I justified it by being like well you know what God loves excellence God loves doing things right right like like God loves that like you know look at how he wants us to build the temple like all right, God, I will. You know, he's got it line upon line, precept upon precept. And so that was how I was justifying it. So I actually came to Ken. And I just said, you know, there's just, I feel like it, it's right. I feel like it's righteous that we tune up these things, that we just become a little better. <laughs> and I just love Ken. I just love Ken because I don't think Ken has any idea what he's ever going to say to me but I bring stuff to him and then the Lord just flows <laughs> right on through him my whole life and I hear truth. He he doesn't have any he doesn't have anything he wants to say to me. It sounds horrible. <laughs> I've got nothing to say to you, but God has a lot to say to you, so come to me. Right? And thankful for that. So I come to Ken and I bring that to him. And so the Lord through Ken goes, okay, well, what would that achieve if we made that gross, floppy thing better? (laughs) Right? You know what I mean? We're like, we're worshiping. We're like, yeah. And then it kind of like, you're like, where are we for a second? We're all like, oh, Oh, and Jesus is the savior. Yeah. Okay, we're back. We're back, right? That thing. That thing, right? Can we just avoid? Can we? Can we tidy that up? Is that possible? God wants us to. God doesn't like that, right? Nobody does. <laughs> and uh, and essentially, I was kind of fed up, right? Still bringing it in love, bringing it in honor, and all of that stuff. But Ken goes, so so, what would that achieve? If we bypass that, if we no longer had that imperfect, messy part, thank you, I can stop giving adjectives to that. <laughs> Chris is like, "We get it, Ben. <laughs> and so I had to really examine my heart in that moment. Why am I here right now what What would that achieve? We would look better. We would sound better and we would avoid looking dumb. And so Ken, I think I I said, okay, I think that's what that would do. And Ken basically goes, well, what would God rather have that you felt stupid and still worshiped him or that everything was perfect? Right? I want to look good as a worshiper that I've got it together so that I can do that and, and actually God values what comes out of the mess. Therefore, there will always be a mess. So that desire to strive for that not that, go ahead. No longer has to be there. Because we we are and always will be. And I'm sorry if that offends you. Like we we live our whole life. We build our lives up to be something. At the end of the day, this is us. Five loaves, two fish. This is all we are, all we ever will be. And God's like, "That's, that's all I was asking for. And in fact, when we start to make our expression beyond that, he actually has to limit us. What? God, don't you want me to realize I'm wearing a dumb helmet and this shopping cart doesn't do anything? He's like, none of it does anything. I'm just letting you do that so you're not bored. Otherwise, like you sit there and stand there with nothing. So this at least keeps your attention while I do things through you. it's it's embarrassing to accomplish great things in life and i consider myself at a low level of that but to know that this is all that you are it's actually embarrassing i <laughs> i have nothing to hide behind i uh and and yet He's so proud. He is so, <laughs> he is so proud. Oh Lord. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Cease from striving. Mm-hmm. I remember when I started real estate, which was completely a door that he opened. No, thank you. <laughs> I'm a skateboarder, and I jump down handrails. Real estate is boring. Straight up. You want to see my face on a bench? (laughs) If you could think of any other culture that loves to make fun of people that have their faces on the bench, it's skateboarders. That dude is so lame. God's like, you're going to be that. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Cease from striving. And I got into real estate, and I remember coming into that new realm, coming into that new Kingdom coming into that new thing and all that he gave me because you're like, what do I do, God? I'm in this new thing. And and there comes this point in our lives as he takes us along that this image of who we are becomes more and more clear and we push it away less. I'm not that, I'm businessman. And you're like, no, 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 no. I do see a faint outline of a shopping cart. And I think I'm okay with that. I think I am, you know. And and when we start to kind of realize it's, you, that's all you got, bro, God's like, okay, all right, so you're kind of good with that. We're going to bring you into a new realm. We're going to bring you into a new thing. And we still do this human panic of, <laughs> okay, I'm in this new thing, but I know God's got me. I know I've got a shopping cart. I know he's faithful. He was faithful before. And then you step into this realm where everybody's got literally Mercedes and BMWs and you're like... so the temptation is to like get those hockey cards back in the 90s and put them on your wheels so as you're pushing it's like da 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 you're like I have an engine too you know and I know I'm being funny but actually that's what like even for me it was very hard to step into that yet what the lord spoke to me is I'm putting you into this this and he actually showed me a picture of the kingdom of God, and he said, "What's the one kingdom?" Because there, there's a verse that says, "The kingdoms of this God of, of this God, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdom of our God." What does that even mean? And he showed me this picture of the kingdom of heaven. And he goes, "Ben, what have you done more than anything in your life? What kingdom have you pursued? And it's this kingdom." And he showed me a picture of a castle, and he said, "This room you know how to get to, right? You've been there. And so he shows me the kingdom of real estate. And he just goes like this. The kingdoms of this world. And he picks up this kingdom I already know. And he brings it over. Have become the kingdom of our God. And God puts this identical looking castle over top of the real estate castle. And he goes, that room you have access to. Because this is the only thing that matters. This, it, it's, it's the spirit first, and that affects the natural. But the natural is where we actually play out the spirit. So they are completely intertwined. That's why, oh, I'm not going to say that. Okay. <laughs> I'm just about to say something very offensive. Thank, look at wisdom. <laughs> Woo! Jenna's like, oh, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I don't know what he's going to say and neither does he. (laughs) So, we have that shopping cart and we try and flower it up. Cease from striving and what the Lord showed me as I was like, God, what do I put on my shopping cart? Do I put frills on it or do I what do I do and he shows me this picture because I I was actually struggling right like a year in, I'm not making any money you told me to be here I trust you but this sucks (laughs) this is not working and he just shows me this picture and he showed a picture of the Holy Spirit in the front seat of my car with a business suit on and then he shows me just getting into my car and he goes no matter what you are not allowed to strive And the Holy Spirit has all of the business dealt with. You just have to be yourself. But when you step into that realm, when you step into that new thing, oh my gosh, myself feels like that. It's embarrassing, you know? And and, and yet, (laughs) I keep putting the lid on. It doesn't even make a difference. (laughs) I literally don't even know why I'm doing that. I wish I just had a computer here because that's what all the cool preachers have. I just turn it around. It's a black screen. (laughs) Just checking my notes. Okay. So, hmm. And he's been so faithful. That ceasing from striving took me two more years, and it was brutal. And that temptation to strive, that temptation. Do you know? Do you know how sad it is if this little guy that we all love right now became insecure with what he had, and actually started putting nothing on it, and then actually walked around going, "See what I have? Do you, look, look what I have! I have a car!" And you'd actually be like, "Oh Lord, I feel bad for that little guy. He's so deceived." we don't we don't need to do that, and um but the pressures get so epic that you want to <sighs> but what is God creating He's creating a product that's blown by the wind he's creating a product. do you know how fun it is to know that you look like an idiot it's so fun. do you know how fun it is? To go and and do things that take a ton of effort and 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 require effort in the natural, but all the while you're like, I know I this is who I am. The pressure is off. The pressure isn't off of you to complete what you're doing and to be excellent in it, but the pressure is off to be anything more than who He's made you. So I believe the word of the Lord for anybody here. And how are we doing for time? We're we basically good. Okay. So this is, therefore, what I believe that the Lord is saying, what I believe the Lord is saying to anybody listening. And this is the message. And we actually went into this today. We went into this in worship. Please hear me. There is nothing. (laughs) There is. (laughs) Just say, I got nothing. Nothing. I want you to think of everything you've built up to this point in your life that you're like, okay, I got it. So just do that right now. My business, my family, my marriage, my kids, I'm a good parent. Here's the words that have been spoken over me. And I want you to just say, I got nothing. And many times, guys, we we have these things where we've, built them and we have them all up here, all these different balls in the air. And we're like, God, your promises, your promises. And all of a sudden they start to fall. They start to fall apart. And we're like, ah, it's promise, and blah, blah, blah. And it's actually God is letting things fall apart. And it was actually two weeks ago I was in my car and everything was seemingly falling apart and I didn't even realize it. But in me, I'm going like this. <gasps> Oh, and I didn't even realize. And then God shows me, this is what you're doing. And I just stopped. And when God then let it fall apart, I didn't make this. I'm not my own. This is completely yours. And however this needs to be, you do it. I am simply just yours. So I believe that God wants to release something here. <sighs> A reality. He wants to take the load off of your shoulders. He wants to bring you into a new level. And I'm speaking to myself too. Whatever the biggest and highest thing it is that you think you can do, there is unfortunately so much more. (laughs) I think I said this last service. This message is for two people. For one, it's very hopeful. If you feel like you've got nothing, if you feel like you don't even have a shopping cart, the word of the Lord for you today is there's so much more. You didn't even need the shopping cart. (laughs) This is a message for someone like me at 18 as well. If you think you've nailed it, (laughs) if you think you've achieved great things in your life, if you think you're in the pocket and life couldn't get any better, I'm really sorry, but there's so much more. What you have is not enough. And I'm going to read this here because Mark said, pick scripture. I made that joke last time. All right. This is from Philippians 3, 1 to 16. And just here's Paul and this is in the Passion Translation, which I appreciate because my brain, is, my brain has trouble reading really intense things. So Paul writes, my beloved ones, don't ever limit your joy or fail to rejoice in just the wonderful experience of knowing our Lord Jesus. I don't mind repeating what I've already written you because it protects you. Beware of those religious hypocrites who teach you that you should be circumcised to please God, that you should follow that kingdom to know him. For we've already experienced heart circumcision. In other words, what we're saying, where you are is where you are. You're, You're good. He's working with you there. So we've already experienced that heart circumcision and we worship God in the power and freedom of the Holy Spirit not in laws and religious duties. We are those who boast in what Jesus Christ has done and not in what we can accomplish in our own strength. It's true that I once relied on all that I had become. Businessman. I had a reason to boast and impress people with my accomplishments more than others for my pedigree was impeccable. I had many leather-bound books. I was born a true Hebrew of the heritage of Israel as the son of a Jewish man from the tribe of Benjamin. So he's laying it all out here. I achieved within this culture, I was the absolute height. I I had everything that you would want in this. And Paul has a moment with Jesus and there's there's a lot of stuff, but I'll go down a little further. Yet, all of the accomplishments that I once took credit for, I've now forsaken them. All of them. All of them. And I regard it all as nothing compared to the delight of experiencing Jesus Christ as my Lord. (laughs) Oh, man. Like, God, don't I get a trade-off for everything I've made? Like... Because experiencing Jesus Christ, my Lord, I mean, I've heard about it. I've been to church for a million years. It doesn't sound like much of a trade-off for my 50 years of effort. Like, Do you see, God, all the effort this took? You want me to give that all away for the experience to know you? But Paul has experienced a reality, a reality that's destroyed his life. He is certain that nothing that he's made and nothing that he will make, which is really, really hard because if you know nothing you will do in the natural in the future compares, why bother? Right? We have these things that we do to build these things and God's like, that's just going to keep you going. But what if you knew in advance that the very things you were creating in the natural were for nothing? No, thank you. But even that, even that work in the natural, he's working something out in us to know him. So, God, we want to declare this morning there is nothing. God, there is nothing greater than the experience of knowing Jesus. And God, I thank you that you reveal to us tenderly over time that all that we have is a little shopping cart and a helmet and it made all the difference. Thank you, God, that when we're in that state, you don't just go, hey, idiot, look at this is all you have. Why do you think that you're more? Thank you that you don't do that. And it's like we sang this morning. He's saying that you're wonderful. He's saying that you're spectacular. He's wanted nothing more from you than where you currently are right now. And Paul writes it though, right? So do do we just hang out there then? I'm good. God says I'm good. So he's just gonna use me. It's gonna be great. Of course, in the Bible a million times, Paul goes, no! So Paul goes, I admit this thing that we're talking about, this revelation of who God is, this this journey of I just want him. I admit that I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I'm pursuing, but I run with passion into his abundance so that I may reach that purpose for which Christ Jesus laid hold of me to make me his own. Man, what that must mean to be in him and to be made his own, his whole life. Like Paul traded everything that mattered. Imagine, imagine that you, you got everything that you ever wanted in this natural life and you literally needed nothing more and you would give it all away for knowing Christ Jesus. I run straight for the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly goal and gaining the victory prize through the anointing of Jesus. So Lord, we are so thankful that you accept us and use us and actually want us to just have peace and fullness and shalom with who we are. And God, we press forward just into you just into you for the sake of knowing you for the glory of your name. So Lord, I pray this morning for anybody watching, for anybody that's in this room, God, give us a revelation, a greater revelation of what Paul was talking about. Allow us to come into this and be transformed. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Um. I'm just going to ask him. He shared something in the first service. Maybe just take a minute or two, if you remember, just what you brought to us on the generations. Remember that? Just bring that. So why is it
7: useless to bring what we think we have to the table? Because the scope that we function in our lives is essentially within our 100-year time span. That's every decision we make, every single thing we do, what we give to others. It it all basically revolves around when was I born and when am I going to die? Okay, so then we bring out of that paradigm what we have currently in our life and our skills to the Lord to try and do something amazing. But the problem with that, I think I'm saying, I, I think I'm saying it, the problem with that is God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So God, like we, we are on this earth for such a short time and he doesn't want to waste time. He doesn't. So God would actually have it that the less of us that's in the equation, when God speaks, he says, let there be light, and the earth is changed forever. One word from God. When God speaks through a family, it doesn't just affect you and your life. It goes hundreds of years. But God's looking for those that he can actually put his word through that goes beyond the scope of what we can see and what we can know. That's why why us bringing what we have is so useless because he is literally always working in the hundreds of years realm. So we do things where we're like five years. What do I want to be in five years? And God's like 500 years. Who can carry this with me? Who can do something? Who can speak a sentence that has nothing to do with them but is actually speaking into existence, promises to be filled 300 years from now. <sighs> How futile is it that we think we're businessmen, metaphorically, in our spiritual lives? He's so large and vast that he's literally just, because he, he designed it that he does it through us, and he does it with us, which is such And honor, and I'll just say this one thing. This is where that generation thing comes from. There was a movie about Robert the Bruce, and it was called Outlaw King. And Robert the Bruce came right after, you know, the Braveheart movie, and Robert the Bruce kind of blew it, but then later came back to pay some heavy prices for the future. And it's all about legacy in these movies. This is where God first hit me with this. So he put his life on the line. He put his family on the line. And at the end of the movie they get back together against all odds and he's hugging his wife. The screen goes to black and then white words pop up and it says 300 years later, the direct lineage of Robert the Bruce became the king of both Scotland and England. 300 years later. And the Holy Spirit whispers to me and goes, I'm looking for someone like that that will count the cost now for what I want what I'm doing it's not even what he wants to do he will do it but we have an opportunity to come into the enormity of who he is how can you possibly bring anything (laughs) as a human to the table for that there's nothing we have no skill set other than use me have your way make me bold I don't have any boldness make me wise I don't have any wisdom so Cool.
0: Yeah, he talked a little bit about, too, like we are the byproducts right here in this w- room of those who have prayed and set the tone 200 years ago, right? And we are actually doing the very same thing now for our kids, 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 kids down the line, right? And sometimes we just think about tomorrow, but wow, when you think of that, we're setting the tone for generations upon generations upon generations and we see the importance of why we do what we do, right? Thank you, Ben. Uh, Appreciate it. Let's give him a hand. I'm going to get you to pray, too. You know, I think it's important that we hear the hearts of our leaders in our church, and Ben is an elder, and so uh, thank you for sharing your hearts. You know, I wasn't sure if Jenna was going to run up or not, right? Um, I've heard all the stories where she had to save you in the past, but I think you did pretty good, right? You did pretty good. Right now, I just want to read one scripture. It's out of one Corinthians two thirteen. It says, uh, "This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words." You know, and part of what Ben did today is he didn't open the whole Bible and read through everything. He brought a word from the Spirit of what the Lord said to him. Right? That's what he brought to the table. And so we thank you for honoring the Lord about what he shared with you. But you know what's the really amazing thing? Is he wants to do this through each and every one of us in this room. Not just me and Mark or whoever else. Through all of us. And here's the better news. We're all capable of it. Because it's him who does it. Right? So powerful. Let's stand to our feet. Ben, I'm going to ask you just to pray over everybody before we go here. And just pray a blessing and whatever else comes to your heart here.
7: Dana sang it out on Wednesday night. There is more, there is more, there is so much more. There is more, there is more, there is so much more. The Spirit of God is is calling out to every single person that hears this here in this room and in the spirit they're is more, there is more, so much more, exceedingly and abundantly more than anything that you could ask or even imagine. So the Lord is saying, lift up your gaze. Trust me beyond a song. Trust me beyond something read and written, but trust me with your life. Let your life be a sacrifice to me. I have so many things available to you because I made you, because I created you. The fact that you exist is proof that I have great things for you in your life. And anywhere where the lie has been spoken that you are less than another, it's a lie. Do you know why? Because he made you. Because you're here, it is not an accident. So the word of the Lord is, Arise, my love. Arise, my lovely one, and come with me. The season of singing has begun. Arise, my lovely one, and come with me. This is the word of the Lord, and this is the word of the Lord, For and this is the crazy thing for anybody that wants to catch it. This, this is the joy of the gospel, is it's for anybody that wants to catch it. God is not a God who dangles carrots. God is not a God who puts gifts and goes, whoop. It's here. God is reaching into your family line right now. He's reaching into your beliefs of what's possible right now should you receive it. And he is changing how you think and consider what is possible. Just put your hand on your head. God, renew and transform my mind. What I think and believe is subject to change. It will change. And so I choose to have it change into you. You are the God of the breakthrough. You are the God of the impossible. You are Jehovah Jireh, our provider. And you give exceedingly and abundantly more than anything we could ask or imagine. So I pray for for a change right now. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Well, bless you everybody online. We're going to say goodbye to you now. And bless everybody in the house. Prayer this Wednesday, 7.30.